0: Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and today we are visiting with our friends from Camp Ripley. And today's a very special guest, we have Brigadier General Lowell Cruz with us again. He is the Camp Ripley Senior Commander and Assistant Adjutant General with the Army for the Minnesota National Guard. And Mr. Tony Housie in Camp Ripley Public Affairs also with us today. And gentlemen, first of all, welcome to Community Focus.
1: Yeah, we're excited to be back and to join you again today and uh, continue with our effort to let the the Brainerd Baxter community know more about what's going on here at Camp Ripley in the Minnesota National Guard.
0: Excellent. Well, we start a brand new year, but maybe we should look back for a moment and uh, just kind of review. Uh, 2020 was a very busy year, wasn't wow. it? Wow. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. Uh, over over Christmas, um, I jokingly referred that I couldn't wait for 2021 to come and we could put 2020 in the can. But for the Minnesota National Guard in Camp Ripley, it's been an incredibly busy year and you could say um, fulfilling as well because um, we've gotten the chance to do a lot of the missions of you know when we start helping and protecting our neighbors. That's a pretty important role for us in the National Guard, and so we're. We're sometimes maybe not excited to do some of them roles, but that's why we um, exist. And so it, it's been a fulfilling year for us as well. Yeah. So.
0: And a very busy year at Camp Ripley itself.
1: Yeah. You know, you would think that with all the COVID restrictions, we would have not been as busy. But when we started to roll up our numbers for 2020, as you know, every ever at the end of the the. The calendar year, we always look back at the year and kind of do some metrics and and for our military traffic at Camp Ripley, we actually increased that by about a hundred thousand mandates this year wow. up to about four hundred twenty five thousand. Now, when you consider that eighty thousand of that hundred thousand was um, state active duty mandates, you can see how busy we were supporting mm-hmm. the state of Minnesota uh, on an average year our mandate support to the state of minnesota is about 800 Hmm. so um that's a that's a large multiplier of soldiers doing daily work for the state of minnesota so uh, we ran about um four hundred and twenty five thousand soldiers through here uh throughout the year uh we did have a significant decrease in the number of civilians that came to ripley to the train and that's you know diet tied directly to COVID and the cancellation, a lot of their training. So we're about half of our normal training load for civilians, but we were still very successful and able to support the state patrol Academy. They graduated officers earlier, early this year in March, which they probably appreciated having that extra manpower in May and June. And we also, um, work through the DNR academy this summer as well so we were continue to produce law enforcement officers from both those agencies here at Ripley throughout the summer so
0: yeah uh, I understand uh, that I, I, we've had a chance to talk to some of the folks in your environmental team, but they were busy and do I understand yeah. they've garnered some recognition
1: for their work they, they have a um, awards cabinet that's full of awards and um, <laughs> this year they once again, um, competed and won a DOD-level award. So what that means is they won the National Conservation Award at the Department of Defense level. And to win that award, they had to win at the National Guard Bureau level, at the Army level, and finally at the DOD level. So wow. what that means is every military base in the Department of Defense inventory competes for those awards, and our environmental programs here at Ripley are are that good that they are, you know, winning awards at the top level almost every other year. They can o- they can only win it every other year, and so um, we're pretty lucky. It's a surprise if we don't find some accolade that they are not winning in any particular year. And this year, it was probably the big one again because it's the one we're most concerned about, which is serving Camp Ripley for the future mm-hmm. and their programs inside of that Um we're recognized as the best in the Department of Defense.
0: That's amazing, uh, and I'm sure you're very proud of that.
1: <laughs> yes, we are. We are the. You know, it's one of the things that we highlight every time we bring somebody here. Um, in a in a couple of months, we're going to talk about bringing some um, soldiers here from another country to train. And that's one of the things you you wouldn't think that in the pitch we'd be giving them, we'd be talking about our environmental programs, but that is something that we're proud enough that we include in the pitch to them as well. Is this the time
0: of year where we say the Norwegians are coming, the Norwegians are coming?
1: (laughs) Well, we'd like to say that. Uh, We canceled the Norwegian exchange last year due to COVID. Mm. And we met with Major General Mickelson, who's the head of their Norwegian Home Guard in December. And both countries agreed that we just didn't think that We'd have the conditions good enough that we could do the exchange this year in the time frame scheduled, sure. which was April. Okay. And so we've canceled it again for 2021. Uh, we hope to send some staff back and forth this fall so that we can continue the relationship with Norway. So you know, the challenge there, if we go two, or three cycles of canceling it, all of a sudden the money people forget that they need to set aside that money to support the activity. Yeah. And and we spend it someplace else, and then all of a sudden we got to fight to get it back. So that's our challenge on the near horizon. But. Okay, but 2020 was a was a good year for us to, on the training side as well. Um, you know, our armor brigade combat team was here in January and February and did some phenomenal work um, doing gunnery in the winter. And for the installation, we had to understand and learn how we what we needed to do on the ground to be able to support those those tanks and Bradley's moving maneuvering in ice and snow and things like that. So it was a good exercise for us and a reaffirming, um, camp Ripley's, um, the advantage we bring to their army is that we're one of the few sites that you can do cold weather training at mm. where it really gets cold. <laughs> and, um, in, and in, January and February, we were firing tanks in blow zero weather on sheets of ice and successfully doing that. So that was an accolade for them. They had to do that training in January and February, because in the summer, they moved to the National Training Center and spent three weeks out in Fort Irwin, California, um, where, they, it's where they got tested the best of the best again. And um, it was a phenomenal effort from that whole brigade moving forward. Camp Ripley's role in that in July was uh, the brigade had to come here first and get COVID tested. And they had to wait here for a couple of days to get their results. And those that were positive, we were able to strip out of the formation and protect them in an isolation support facility and essentially keep the rest of the formation, about 4,000 soldiers healthy Phew. by, um, by identifying and stripping out 58 kids that were asymptomatic to COVID and didn't even know it. Wow. And so, um, we, um, we protected them when we ran an isolation support facility here for about a month with various entries from COVID and, um, that that was a uh, and they went through the national training center. We shipped out uh, six hundred pieces of equipment on rail trains, about nine trains, out there. Got it all back in August. Got it all put away and maintained. And that brigade is right in the middle right now of getting ready to mobilize a portion of it to go to Kuwait. And so um, wow. those are getting ready to do rail activities here again to send their equipment to their mold site at Fort Bliss. And a portion of it getting ready to go overseas. So it's they continue to be busy and
0: an operation. Ripley is
1: the hub of that. So.
0: Yeah. That's a crazy operation. <laughs> yeah. The dealing with the COVID this year has actually been a challenge for everything you do there, hasn't it?
1: It has, but it hasn't slowed you'd think it would slow down, make things harder. Um We've learned how to mitigate, I guess, you know, You look at our billeting operation. We obviously had to institute some protections there to protect people that are coming in that expect the room that's not going to be infected. And uh, more importantly, the staff that are dealing with individuals day to day, keeping them in a health bubble and keeping them protected is has uh, is been a challenge. Obviously, I've had employees across the base off and on. Um, test positive for COVID. Some of them went through some serious symptoms and some didn't, but um, throughout the year, you know, we have a philosophy in the military that we always have the next man up that's ready, or man or woman up that's ready to step in and, and take over the duties, and, and we've had a lot of people have to do extra duties to cover down for some people that are... And then, you know, the other friction point throughout the year was, um, especially during the school year, was, you know, all our single parents and Parents that have now the problem set of how do I homeschool my kid and work full time fixing a tank or something like that right. as well. So right. we've dealt with a lot of um, a lot of COVID leave where we're able to cover down allow people to do that. We've also you know the state of the state of Minnesota was very good to us in the fact that it or not good to us, but their guidance was if you could do your job from remotely from home to do that. So mm-hmm. a lot of our white collar workers have spent a lot of time. Uh, working remotely from their home and and we've proven that you can effectively still do that and get the work done so um, across the whole base we've adapted but it really hasn't changed the amount of work that we've produced to support the units that are coming here to train so yeah. um, you know we um we got a unit in africa right now the two of the one three five that spent a month here right at the height of the may june um COVID piece um you know they they spent a couple of weeks getting isolated and getting ready, and then they were here through their annual training for two weeks, which prepped them then to go to mold site. And they're doing great things in Africa as the response force for Africon out of the country of Djibouti. So
0: wow, interesting. And I understand you also had some construction projects at camp this year.
1: Yes, um, one of the. Big ones that you know you drive by, you don't really realize that it, how important it is. But we did an assessment a couple of years ago of our rail infrastructure, and with the with the need to push, you know, eight hundred plus pieces of equipment out to support the first brigade, and the fact that we were going to do that more often. But more importantly, that we may reach the situation in our nation's worst day, that we need to push that brigade out in a hurry, and we were really constrained. By our rail infrastructure, um, we had one line coming from Little Falls up to Camp Ripley, and then I have two spurs inside of Camp Ripley to load off of. The spurs weren't necessarily the limiting factor. It was the one line coming up from Little Falls, and the fact that uh, Burlington Northern had to back that train seven miles up the track and into Ripley, and, and I didn't realize it, but backing a train that far is a – is a pretty precise and intense project and so uh, we spent a little over a million dollars building a rail siding a mile long rail rail siding outside of base which is going to give us the capability to store a train on that siding but more importantly to have trains pass and move engines around and stuff like that and it's just gonna it should double our capacity of of loading trains and um, that's important because we're trying to take a 10-day process right now down to five or so to meet oh, the wow. strategic needs the Army. Hmm. And so um, that's a that lot. was a big project for us. We've, also, we've added a few other facilities on base. Um, one of the th- ones I love to talk about is we renovated a, a um, big um, maintenance building for the new Camp Ripley Fire Hall. And so the Camp Ripley Fire Department has expanded its equipment exponentially in the last five years. Uh, we have state-of-the-art trucks and damn near a truck for every firefighter we have. And so, um, so they needed a new building, and we've dedicated the building for that and renovated it, and it's finally um, done. Their vehicle's all parked ready. One of the vehicles in that fire department is a male ambulance. And so we we share an ambulance with the mail clinic system. Oh. My firefighters are actually EMTs for that ambulance. And so when the main ambulance in Little Falls gets called out on the call, my ambulance here at Ripley becomes the alternative to our community. Oh wow. Nice. And my firefighters become the staff. And if they gotta pull that ambulance out and run on a run, they become male clinic employees at that point and go on a leave status for the, the fire department and um, it provides a great service to the whole community around, uh, around Camp Ripley, Absolutely. Randall, Little Falls, Fort Ripley. That um, The other big piece this last year is we've signed a, a joint powers agreement with all the local fire departments as well. So my fire department actually inside of um, Sean Larson, Sheriff L- Sean Larson's footprint of fire response has a responsibility along the 371 corridor and that's a big win for those community members there that were paying a lot of insurance money because they didn't have a fire department within a close enough range. So those are all huge improvements that we love to emphasize our support to the community in, and that's one way I can give back to the community for the Camp ripley
0: Yeah, Very interesting. Um, A little while earlier, you mentioned the uh, actual civilian visits and some of the uh, partners that you deal with, uh, those numbers were down. I would suspect those numbers go back up again because you have so many partnerships. You mentioned state patrol and DNR, but there's a lot of them, aren't there?
1: Yeah. The biggest the biggest decrease we had this year in civilian training oh. was the we did not have the DOT fire or the DOT snowplow training here this fall. Oh. They canceled that. Um, you saw some news articles where the DOT um, – regional shops were conducting their own training in their regional shop area. We anticipate that coming back next year. You know, that's, that's 2,500 people that come here and train every fall for two weeks at a time. And um, that's a big, big chunk of that man days on the civilian side that we lost that we'll see come back. Um, You know, we're also trying to reach out to other um, DOD partners uh very cool piece we got coming up here in the future here in the next month is um there's a navy diving team that's coming here from Norfolk and um they're going to be diving under the ice here actually they coordinated with us this this fall to um in some dummies in a couple of our lakes so that they can practice rescuing individuals from underneath the ice I got to volunteer
0: so, no I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah.
1: so that's a real cool um, piece and they're they're here for about a month, which um you know, they'll seamlessly move into the installation and occupy some of our building and do their thing and cut holes in the ice on various lakes and practice what they're working and we won't hardly know they're here. If we didn't make a big deal out of it, we wouldn't know they were here. Right. But um that's an example of um our ability to reach out to other services as well and become that joint base that you know where I wanted to get to. So wonderful. pretty cool experience uh another great development that we're looking forward to in the future is out of the bonding bill the minnesota military museum gets a new home in the future here oh really yeah that's going to be phenomenal um, they, they got $14 million in the bonding bill to build a new museum and they have land that was donated along 371 right next to the veteran Cemetery there. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be right up and in, in your face. The Military Museum will be right next to 371 in the future. Nice. And it'll be a phenomenal facility once it's done. And it'll, it'll free up some space on Camp Ripley and allow us to manage uh, who comes here to visit a little bit better as well. So all exciting developments that came out of 2020 so I guess i shouldn't i shouldn't curse so much about 2020 because it um, it has some good points as well you just got to you know hunt the good stuff
0: so. yeah 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 well we're all looking forward to certainly better times in 2021 as the vaccine continues to be distributed uh, do you have information on that as far as the members of the military
1: well we've already started to vaccinate our a portion of our soldiers okay. so um it started with our soldiers that are supporting our state right now on um, state active duty or a status we call 5012f and so that's a federal status we were able to federalize or bring those kids we had on state active duty into a federal title 32 status with that or i guess the way to look at it rather than the state paying their wages now the feds are but um Though so we we got an initial push of 800 doses to support those, and we've we've um, distributed about 785 of them right now, so we're pretty close mm-hmm. to using up what we got on hand. About 50 to 60 percent of our soldiers are asking for the vaccine, so that's the other challenge as well as trying to encourage them and educate them so that they feel safe to take it. It's it's un, unlike a lot of our other vaccines that uh, we in the military just get our arms stuck without a choice yeah Yeah. um the the covid vaccine being on a limited um approval right now is still a choice for our soldiers and so but as a society we want to we want to encourage them to get vaccinated a because i need them on the front lines helping the state but b um you know that's how we get out of this is to um to gain some herd immunity either through having had the virus or through getting vaccinated and um I'm, I can't wait for my chance to get back to you, so. mm-hmm. I think we all say that, yes.
0: Yes. All right. Well, Brigadier General Cruz, we are running out of time, but I want to say thank you so much for being part of our show again. I uh, really enjoy uh, hearing you talk about all the activities at Camp Ripley, and I know our listeners really appreciate finding out what's going on there as well.
1: Well, I love, to talk. I love Camp Ripley. I love this installation. It's the best job in the Army I have. Um, to be its um, commander, and um, I, I look forward to the next time I can join you and, um, and expound a little bit about what we are and what we're doing here. So thank you.
0: And for anything you guys are doing here in the very, very, very near future, we wish you the best. We thank you for what you're doing for our for our citizens.
1: We're here to serve. Um, people thank me for my service all the time, and I, I tell them it's, I'm privileged to serve. So thank you. So,
0: yes, thank you. Thank you for being a guest today. Our guest is Brigadier General Lowell Cruz, Camp Ripley Senior Commander and Assistant Adjutant General in the Army for the Minnesota National Guard. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center. Pop Quiz. What can you buy for $3.99?